the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Tuesday, that means time for an episode drop. Is that a little off-key on that? Time for an episode drop. It's time for an episode drop. Let's never do that again. But let's not delete this version of that. I think you guys deserve to hear it. Okay, so it's WrestleMania week, baby. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to lie. I have a touch of FOMO. I'm sad that I don't get to be at WrestleMania this year. Uh, you know, it's my choice, my decision. I, I flew the coop. I fled the coop. Flood the coop. Flew the coop. But yeah, it feels weird not being there. Like not having that like amp up to, to WrestleMania, like getting your outfits ready and, you know, just like the hype behind all the matches and all the shit that comes with WrestleMania week. It's our Super Bowl. You know, it's the thing you look forward to in WWE. And the fact that fans are going to be back in the stadium. Honestly, that's the thing I'm like really looking forward to, like just for all of the wrestlers to like have that energy to feed off of. And for people that like have not had their big moment or or I should say they did have their big moment last year, but to nobody, to absolutely nobody. So this year we get to kind of revisit things and do it big. As you know, WWE is going to, you know, that they're going to blow it out of the water uh, over Saturday and Sunday. So WrestleMania week is upon us, which means, of course, we are doing all things WWE and WrestleMania related on oral sessions this week, which brings me to uh, today's guest. He is the one, the only regarded as one of the absolute best professional wrestlers around the globe. This is a guy that nobody has a bad thing to say about. You love to see him. You love to hang out with him. And more than anything, you love to see this dude succeed. He puts in so much effort. He's an incredible athlete. Um, We have the Swiss Superman himself. Cesaro is on the show. He is heading into his very first singles match at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins. I mean, there is a deep-rooted history between these two men that go back much deeper and much farther than the time that we've been able to see them in WWE. So this is just a huge moment for both of these guys. We've seen Seth in WrestleMania moments, uh, you know, seeing some things on the internet, deeming him the new Mr. WrestleMania, which, guys, that's a whole other can of worms. We can get into that on another episode. I'm just going to spill the beans here on what we're doing this week. Because on Thursday, we've got Rhea Ripley on the show. Hell yes. This is a woman who's going to get that second chance at WrestleMania. You know, last year was a great moment, but this year she's going to crush it. Her and Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, but I'll, I'll save that intro for uh, for Thursday for you guys, obviously. And then on Monday, Emilio and I, the producer of this show, uh, Emilio Sparks, producer extraordinaire, wrestling fan extraordinaire, wrestling encyclopedia extraordinaire. He also has his own podcast called Wrestle Rap, which you guys can check out at any time. He is fantastic. Him and I are going to do recaps on Saturday and Sunday, and then we're going to put together an episode to air on on Monday, recapping all things WrestleMania. Also, I think I'm going to do some WrestleMania cooking on my IG. Why did I just call it IG? I could have just called it Instagram. Um, Last year, I did like some boneyard ribs. I did an Undertaker cocktail. So I need to kind of, you know, rack the old brain and come up with what would be some uh, themey foods. So if you guys have any ideas, hit me up. Hit a girl up. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. This is, uh, I am dragging this intro on and on and on, but I just want to let you guys know what we've got planned for the week, because we're not cutting corners here. We're doing all things big. Big and dirty. Here we go. Guys, you're going to love this hangout with Cesaro. Uh, We talk, you know, time in Switzerland, growing up in Switzerland, his time moving over to the United States, making his way in WWE, the ups and downs, the momentum coming and going, his relationship with Vince. There's a ton in here, so enjoy it, enjoy Cesaro, and watch him kick some ass on Saturday at WrestleMania 37. (laughs) 
I was not paying attention to the intro because I was hiding all the uh, the non-video participants, so I can only see you. Oh, good. I mean, listen, this is a an A and B conversation. Everyone else can see their way out. Exactly, and and I feel like I feel like I have to zoom so you can't see the rest of my room. <laughs> that, that that even rhymed, and and it had the double entendre in it. It was so good. Hey, um, what did the drummer call his twin daughters? Oh man, I don't know. And a one and a two. Ah. <laughs> oh man, that's really good. Have I told you about this this new coffee spot I went to in the uh, you know where I live? No. It's called uh, Cafe Karma. It's really good. It's really good. But the only weird thing about it is there's no menu. You just get what you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could literally do an entire podcast all about the dad jokes because that is Cesaro's specialty. Um, if you guys, I mean, people already know that. I know that you get all over that on Up, Up, Down, Down. You get in your dad jokes here and there, but that is the Cesaro specialty. That's like one of my legacies. If if there's a bad joke in the locker room, uh, if somebody says a bad joke or a bad pun, it's just like, ugh, that's a Cesaro joke. And I'm like, yes. Like <laughs> to me, it was always a, uh, yeah, that's like if people groan and leave the room after I tell a joke, uh, I love it. Where do you get the jokes from? As Dolph Ziggler would say, my Laffy Taffy jokes, I actually never had a Laffy Taffy. Um, Not good. I get them online or people tell them to me. Uh, there's this wonderful uh, Instagram and Twitter accounts that just have random dad jokes. Also, again, what Dolph would say, I'm a hack, so I don't really have much original material. Uh, I steal a lot. And by stealing, I mean, like I borrow it and then use it at the proper time. You know, like you have to implement it. it it's all about timing, right? 100%. I feel like that is, um, I don't know if that's like a European thing or what, because I feel like William Regal is also, he is not the king of the dad joke. He does the long drawn out. Like you think you're in a full personal conversation with him. And then he hits you with a punchline after you've been talking for five minutes and you realize he's just been messing with you the whole yeah, time. You were like, oh, so I wasted the last five minutes of, <laughs> yeah. of, of my conversation. This is great. I just take up 10 seconds of your time and then you're, and then you're just out. Pepper them in, pepper them in. That's one thing that I miss about being on the road is being able to like pass you in the hallway and, uh, and get those, get those dad jokes. So get those dad jokes or the forever. Uh, I think the one, one of the jokes that I'm certainly most proud of is my forever 49 joke or forever. 45 jokes about your clothes that you and Summer Ray were wearing at the, at the oh one interview. And I was God. like, <laughs> that was such a good joke. And I just stole it. And uh, yeah, that's what I always think of. What does a nosy pepper do? I don't know. Get jalapeno business. All right. Bam, bam. <laughs> you just looked that up though. Obviously. Of course. Okay. Okay. That good, was good. my prep for this interview was looking up dad jokes. Looking up dad jokes? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> as you click, start. Click, click, click. As I'm starting clicking, clicking through through a bunch of them. Uh. Um, okay. So we can pepper dad jokes throughout this entire interview because we get to hang out for a bit. But I'm really excited to have you on the show because, first of all, I mean, I know you have like many other platforms you've been able to use. Talking smack to your advantage. Talking smack thanks to you. That's you. That's like that's like your OG. That that's my legacy that I get to leave behind the platform where people can talk a little shit. Yes, a little or a lot. <laughs> yeah, and just say whatever they want. Say whatever they want. I mean, that's the purpose of that show is to give people a moment to come in there without a scripted promo and get to like say their piece. And you got to do that. We get to do more of that today because this is going to be the year of Cesaro. It is. I, I feel like there's a lot of momentum behind you. There's lots for us to get into. Um, but I want to start at the very beginning, growing up in Switzerland. Because Switzerland oh, seems like it's the most beautiful place in the entire world. I'm sure you miss it dearly. It is. I, I, you know, like I know it's a rumor, but I want to say officially, it is. I'm not biased. Uh, so I, uh, there's a bunch of people that used to work for WWE and may not work there anymore. And they send me messages uh, on a weekly basis, but like on Instagram, you know, like when you can send the actual post and uh -huh. it's like a post of Switzerland, they're like, dude, that's not real, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's actually like, you know, Two villages over from where I grew up. They're like, there's no way. That's not real. That's photoshopped. I'm like, no, that it, it is real. And then I was always 
I would always like put over how awesome Switzerland is, obviously. Um, and then people always like, yeah, that's just because you're from there. Kind of like when you say something is cool about Canada, they're like, ah, you must be biased. And it's then, magical. Exactly. And then we actually went there on tour and I was like, watch it, the air, it just smells different. It smells, it's just different. It's a, and then like we landed and everybody was like, oh yeah, you you were right. This is, this is awesome. This is really pretty. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm like the food is better. The chocolate is just unreal. And yeah. How hard was it for you to leave Switzerland? I mean, for you to leave there and yeah, this like picturesque, beautiful backdrop. I feel like you probably just had like a beautiful childhood, like running through the fields and mountains of Switzerland. <laughs> Let's just Why would somebody that leave that? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, see, it, it's one of those that like, when you look back, I had an awesome childhood, right? But like, when you're in it, you're probably like, oh man, I, you know, um, but it's kind of with a lot of things while you're in it, you don't appreciate it or you uh, don't take time to appreciate it. But I, I did have an awesome childhood. Um, you know, I grew up in a little village that's like right by the lake. Uh, I, I can go to the city on my bike. It takes like 20, 25 minutes. Um, I beat, I was faster than the bus on my bike. So that's oh. My, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the bus has to take stops to let people in and out and I'm really fast. I used to be, <laughs> I used to be really fast on my bike. Um, you know, so it was, it was, it was magical. Um, but it's kind of weird because people are like, how do you leave that? I'm like, I literally left, you know, the place that I call home and a really, really good job just with like, let's try to be a professional wrestler for. What was the job that you were doing before you left? Uh, I worked, uh, this, this will sound amazing, right? I worked as a data file administrator for Johnson and Johnson. Right. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Johnson and Johnson very topical right now. Um, so um, I worked there and it was awesome because uh, it was like a small department. It was just me and um, my boss at first and then we grew it. And it was, I was the only one that did the job that I did. So I was in charge of uh, invoicing of all the like plants in Europe. So I had to talk to uh, all the different plants in different languages and fun stuff. And it was awesome. And I loved the job. Like I really did love it. And um I wouldn't have quit it for anything except the chance to, you know, follow my dream. So while you're working at Johnson and Johnson, you are obviously like still wrestling at the time going through training and whatnot. When did you, when did the switch happen that you're like, I'm going to make this my like professional career. So it was, it it would literally be uh, on the weekends. I would go and travel to like Germany and Austria and wherever uh, to wrestle and then drive home sometimes Sunday through the night, take the train, arrive at like work at maybe six or seven and then like go to the top floor bathroom and sleep there for two hours and then go right into work, work the whole day, go to the gym and then go home. That's that like young person energy, you know, when you're yeah. like 19, 20 and you're just like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll two hours of sleep and the crush this day. Um, you're so, just ambitious at that point. You want to do it all. Yeah. I mean, like I'm still ambitious. I would like to think uh, at, at, at least that's what I, at least, at least that's what I tell myself. Um, but that's just what, what, what I did, you know, you, 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 you try to rest as many times as you can. And if that means you don't sleep much, that's, that's okay. Uh, you know, uh, and then the, work and then I was kind of like well I went to the US to train with like Dave Taylor and um, Chris Hero at the time and they were like why don't you come over here you can wrestle much more than Europe because at that point it wasn't Europe wasn't as developed coming to wrestling WXW was running once a month maybe now they're running like 75 shows a year and I mean look at NXT UK and what they're doing there I mean it's huge it's amazing it's really it's really fun to see um so i was like oh yeah okay so how do i do that i can't just go to this you know move to the united states it's like oh you need to get a green card that's really hard because you need to have somebody vouch for you 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 know big global company like 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 wwe or whatever Uh, i didn't have that so i was like oh there's a lottery where you can win um the green card right i mean like let's play the lottery and um I got through the first time. What? There was a company that helped people with the green card lottery because it's so complicated and you have to do so many forms and whatever. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'll go with them because they helped me. And then it's like, okay, we got to the first process. And I'm like, the first time? Oh, okay. I guess that happens to everybody, right? Later, I found out that uh, one of my coworkers has been trying for 10 years and he never got through. Um, and there was like a literally a one in a million chance, pretty much. And then another one in a million to get through the process because then you have to send in your like resume and you have to have somebody vouch for in the States or have money saved up or whatever it may be. Yeah. And so I got through with that. 
then it was easy to leave because if you get that chance, if you get that opportunity, you cannot say no. It was like, okay, here's your opportunity, go. And I'm like, okay, I need to make this count. So like, I feel like that's been similar to a lot of times in my career or how I approach pretty much everything. It's like, I don't think I'm special or deserve it or whatever. I just think I got handed this opportunity. So let's make it the most for every single person who didn't get it and may have wanted it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I represent that demographic. What was your like parents reaction to you leaving to that opportunity coming up and you walking away from this great job and, and leaving your family? Um, <laughs> Are you close with your family? What, what do you do? You have like yeah, siblings yeah. Uh, and stuff. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I am, I am, and I talk to them like pretty much every week. Yeah, um, and uh, share stupid jokes with my brother and stuff. So, um, <laughs> is your brother <laughs> older or younger than you? Uh, younger. Okay. Is he like ripped like you are? Uh, no, but he's ridiculously strong. Oh, okay. But so it, it was kind of like one of those. Um, of course, it sounds like weird. Like, hey, there's this guy from Switzerland who wants to be a wrestler, right? Like. Like, okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. And then I'm going to try this for three years and I'll see if I come back. Uh, But like, you know, mom was always very, very supportive. And she was like, yeah, no, you do you. Like, so it's, it was kind of like, she always supported me no matter what I did. And no matter that that meant that I left too. It was just like, I need to go my way. I need to go my own way and do it my way. And, um, you know, that was, I'm always very extremely grateful for that because it is, it is something weird, but it's also something that I feel uh, hopefully inspired a bunch of people to step out of their comfort zone and just go for it and not look back. <laughs> yes, of course. Did your family ever get to come over and see you wrestle? No, um, no. A couple, um, they came uh, to some shows in Switzerland, but um, they've yeah, never, never been able to come to the U S since you've been here. Um, no, because they don't like, you know, it's just, uh, they don't like to travel that much. So fair enough. I <laughs> fair honestly, enough. I don't, plus, why would like, they don't want to leave Switzerland. Plus, I don't plus, blame them. Plus uh, I always say like the best seat to watch it nowadays sometimes. And like, it's almost at home if it's not like super close to you. Right. That's very true. Um, what do you think is the deal with so many um, fancy pants celebrities going to Switzerland to just like hide away for a bit. Like Shania Twain ditched America. She's over so in Switzerland. Did, so did Tina Turner, right? So I just um, watched that documentary and mean? I was like, Tina I Turner had, has been in Switzerland forever. I did not know that. I did not yeah. know Tina Bill Turner. Collins. All right. Oh my God. This so, is just from the top of my head. There's more. There's more. There's plenty more. So, <laughs> is it that just that like celebrities don't get recognized in Switzerland and they can just live a peaceful, normal life? Well, I think it may also have something to do with the, the low taxes, really good health care, um, really good um, retirement. But like, again, they're not Swiss. Uh, Tina Turner actually is Swiss citizen now, so um, which is extremely strict uh, to become a Swiss citizen. You have to, uh, you know, pass tests and talk in Swiss German and everything. So Oh, um, so different yeah. than when you and I became American citizens, where we just had to say we could speak English. Well, we already speak very well English, I would like right. to think uh i also right. i also may or may not have corrected my officer that did the questionnaire with me about you know like you have to know your history and your facts about the united states and um you know it's like a whole book you have to learn i'm sure you remember oh Yo, yeah i just uh, did it and then like so uh, one of the questions she asked me was um how many seats are in the house of representatives i think mm-hmm. it was um right now i can't remember from the top of my head but, like 200 and something, right? 265, yes, yeah. something like that. I was about to say, yeah, I was going to say 56 or 65, one of those. But yeah. I, at that point, I knew the number for sure. And she was like, oh, okay. Uh, and she was looking it up. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, this is not a, this is, this is not this a guessing a game. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very hard, but I like uh, probably the fact that in Switzerland, yeah, like everybody's uh, like, you have your privacy. Um, I, I would like to think, uh, I also have been told that I have this like, uh, old school glorified version of Switzerland when I left it that's still ingrained in my in uh. my head that may have changed a bit but like even like I feel like people are maybe a little bit more respectful or they just don't bother you um, yeah. even, even, even if they recognize you it's kind of that like oh cool like hey over there that's Tina Turner like that's cool like but you don't go over there and bother them you know what I mean yeah um, something like that um, 
it's just a different, I feel like it, it, it's a different celebrity culture, if that makes sense. It's kind of like that in Canada a little bit because there's no, as much as like we know, you know, huge celebrities, obviously, but um, we don't have a star. We don't really have our own star system within Canada. So it doesn't quite equate the same way. Like we, we can appreciate it, but. I can think of one big Canadian celebrity right now. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Celine Dion, come on. Um, there, Celine which, Dion. I just said fact, Shania Twain. She's a great fact, one. Celine Dion actually won the Eurovision Song Contest for Switzerland. That was her oh. breakthrough. Yeah, see? Really? Yes. Yeah. How was she able to win for Switzerland? Um, so I think the song was composed by a Swiss composer and oh. she sang it. So um, that's within the rules. Of the okay. Eurovision Song Contest, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, Eurovision's especially. amazing. Oh, so have you seen the movie? Yes. Okay, so uh, that soundtrack is still playing when I work out all the time. <laughs> um, you listen to the weirdest soundtracks when you work out because you were really into the um, A Star Is Born soundtrack as well, right? How could you not be? How could you <laughs> no, not be? No, it's amazing. I agree. Uh, what is um? Uh, uh, what's the song? Uh, shallow. Uh, no, shallow. Oh. Shallow is the second one. R- remember, uh, the, remember us this way. Yeah, always, always remember us this way. That song is just and so it just um because uh again I'm a nerd. I listen to Swiss radio when I'm at home. Um, that song just hit the rotation again. So like all of a sudden, like you know, um, Lady Gaga comes on and that song, like it's just like the first note and like the first lyric, and I'm just like, oh yeah. Louder. Like it's just that song <laughs> is so it. amazing. Um, it's so good. I have I have a very eclectic playlist. Um every time I was at the PC and worked out, I was like, uh, whoever comes in, you put your playlist on because my stuff is all over the place. But I love it. Especially in the gym, it needs to resonate with me in some kind of way. And it could be a slower song. That's perfectly fine as long as it pumps me up. I like a slow song to work out to every now and then. I like to like zone out and like, you know, oh, get yeah. in touch with the old emotions and then oh, crank yeah. out a good workout. <laughs> It's amazing. It's so good. Um, Okay. So you learning the five languages, what was the first language you learned outside of you? Obviously you were speaking uh, Swiss first, right? Yeah. And then to English. Yes. So I'm going to give you, uh, well, I'm going to start in the beginning because I'm very long winded today. I'm drinking my coffee. Um, We got time. I got nowhere to be. Okay, cool. So uh, yeah, Swiss. So everybody just like speaks Swiss, which is like a dialect of German technically. Um, in their regular lives. That's just what we speak. But we read and write German. Um, when you go to school, you start to learn what we call high German, which is just German. So that's how we read and write. So we speak Swiss and then we read and write German. And then in uh, fourth grade, uh, sorry, fifth grade, you start to learn French because that's one of the three or four main languages in the country. And then um, you can opt to learn uh, Italian. Uh, which I didn't. I opted to learn English. So um, I did that. So I learned. Uh, you weren't speaking English at all until that point. Well, like, no, uh, I started learning English. Uh, I think it was seventh grade. I would like to think seventh or eighth grade. Um, I did read a lot of basketball results in English and then looking up words in a dictionary. Uh, that's how I kind of learned or watched wrestling. So I learned French and English in school. And then when I moved to the States, um, when I started with WWE, I was like, you know what? Um, They offer this awesome uh, thing that's like the like um, tuition reimbursement where you can uh, go to school essentially for to learn more stuff. Um, So I was like, okay, I want to brush up and learn Italian properly. So uh, I started to learn Italian and I'm currently working on language number six. What is that? I'm not <laughs> not divulging that. <laughs> just Come yet. on! <laughs> because because I, I, it's one of those, like, I'm learning it, but I want to bust it out at the right time. So, you know. How do you have the time for this? It's not like you have a ton of downtime. I mean, you have more now, but, like, when you took the time to learn Italian, you were on the road and super busy. I did. I did. And uh, at that time, I also took uh, French lessons to brush up on my French as well. Um, I like to be productive. So I feel like one hour out of the week is not that much to ask to learn. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. 
So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in-play, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA in-play is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA in-play today. Okay, obviously you are regarded, I shouldn't say obviously, but I mean, it is. this is a fact. You are regarded as, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world. You're one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. You speak five languages. You're working on a sixth. You're one of the most gifted athletes. What are you bad at? Ah, oh, playing League of Legends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing for two years. I still suck at it. Um, there's a lot of things I'm bad at, I would think. Um, one of your strengths is admitting your weaknesses. And to me, I'm like, I know what I'm not good at, but I know people who can help me with that. For example, um, like creative writing. I don't think I'm good at creative writing and I never was, even as a kid. You know, like I have this like crazy idea. I'm like, like, uh, what is it when you have to write stories in class, right? It's like, oh, it needs to be at least a page long. I'm like, I have this great idea. This is going to be crazy. And then I start and I'm like, I don't know. Like it, it was never as good as I thought it was. But when I collaborate with people, it's fun, you know, like, so there's that. Um, but there's plenty of things I'm bad at. I'm not good at gardening. For example, I tried that. All my plans die, uh, maybe because I'm also just, <laughs> I need to do more research. You can talk to Brian about it. He'll help you. He's like Captain Green Thumb. I know. I know. Brian is amazing at it. I don't read enough, you know, like Brian the other day was telling me how he read like 30 books already. And that was like in January. And I'm like, the last book I read was 70 years ago. I don't know. But it was just like, um, there's plenty of things I'm bad. I'm bad at reading out loud. Oh, really? Horrible at it. So there's there's plenty of things that that I'm bad at. I just try to hide it. Or Good, make that makes me yeah. happy to know because I keep seeing you just excel at things. I'm like, there's got to be something he's trash at. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like you said, admitting your weaknesses can be your strength. I think that's very important because uh, especially nowadays, people just always they always just talk about the good stuff. They only post the good stuff too, right? And I'm, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. When I when I post like, oh, look at me, I'm lifted this much weight today. Uh, I should have probably posted that, you know, seven weeks before when I just horribly failed and fallen on my, you know what? You yeah. Know, which is like, it, you fail and it's part of it. And it's completely okay. It's part of the experience. It is part of the experience. You got to let people know. Um, okay. So um, a little birdie told me that when you first moved to the U.S., you were living in a house in a cornfield? Yes. Where was this? Uh, that was in a little town called Leesport, Pennsylvania, which was um, outside of Reading, Pennsylvania. And if you ever talk to anybody who knows Reading, they go like, oh, Reading. Speaking of culture shock, you know, me with the walk and bike everywhere, or took public transportation back in Switzerland. I was like, I'll get a bike because I don't have the money to get a car. Uh, I'll have a bike. I'll be great. You know, I'll just bike to the gym and back home. Um, after three years of living or after two years of living there, I biked to the gym once and it took me uh, an hour and a half to get there and two hours to get back. So um, <laughs> quite the hike. It was like a 20 minute walk to the next neighbor. It was literally out in nowhere in the cornfield. So anytime when I was just like by myself, I was like, this is weird. I just blast loud music and try to pretend that I'm like, I'm not alone out here in the cornfield. And if I, you know, yeah, it sounds like where you would be abducted by aliens. Yeah, that would be the that would be the um the positive alternative of all the stuff that went on in my head. What could happen to me <laughs> while I live out there? But um, it was you know looking back, it was fun. Yeah, we again we have to have these experiences. You got to start somewhere. The cornfield was your start. Um, okay, so you're sipping on your cappuccino, your espresso, whatever it is that you're drinking. We know you're a big coffee drinker. We will yes. get into that. But you have you never drank alcohol? I had a um. I had zips here and there. Like, it's not that okay. I'm like, I never had a zip of alcohol. Like, uh, <laughs> but oddly enough, I can tell you exactly when and where I had zips of alcohol. <laughs> uh, you know, I had like some champagne to cheer at New Year's Eve when I was younger. Have you ever been drunk a day in your life? No, I've never it. been drunk. Um, I no, would love I'm, to no, see that. No, never been drunk. Uh, we ha- I, had a, I had a shot of vodka on... Um, it wouldn't be high school after nine years. What is that? High school? Maybe high school in the US. I don't know. When we had our like last day of whatever that is, uh, Secondar Schule für Um, We had like a big 
goodbye party because everybody just went their separate ways after that. And me and my friend stayed up all all night and I had a shot of vodka and I was like, eh, or, or whiskey, whatever it was. And I was like, okay, that doesn't feel any difference. I'm still tired. Um, and then uh, I had a shot of vodka Red Bull a couple of years later when I was like 19 or 20. It was all my friends like, you need to drink, you need to drink. I'm like, why? It doesn't do anything. So I was like, screw it, just to prove everybody. I like, I had one glass or like one vodka Red Bull and it was literally like, it didn't taste good. It cost no. 25, it cost 25 bucks. It didn't make me feel any better. And I was like, that's a complete waste of time, money. And just, it's stupid. Perhaps you could be a person like you, you you've drank, but you've never, I'm surprised at even like one drink on your like pure body. You think that that would give you a little buzz. Uh, I mean, like it didn't make me feel great. Like it didn't, was like, oh, like, so it was just, it didn't do anything and I never drank beer or anything. And it was just like, yeah, why? Like I never really saw the point. Like when people go like, oh, this wine goes great with this steak. I'm like, okay, I get that point. Sure. Um, not that I ever drank wine because I don't know. I don't. So not, this is not, not like an aesthetic body thing of deciding not to drink. You just are not into it. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm not into it. I mean, like uh, also like aesthetic body things. Um, I don't really care if that makes sense, <laughs> like about aesthetics. Well, nice for you to say. Well, I mean, you're sorry. literally always it, it, Jack. I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but uh, I always felt like I want to train for function. Yeah. So to me, you know, if I was this or that, didn't matter as long as I can perform to the best of my ability in the ring. So, yeah. That makes sense. That's and I'm fair. also like, I'm a creature of habit and I'm very boring when it comes to eating. Not like you, like a foodie with my own cookbook out and stuff. Because you travel with your meals, right? Uh, I did. I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, for example, cereal, right? Um, I'm sure you've been around me. You've seen me eat cereal with protein powder, which is like the oh, patented, yes! Which, yes! Is like, which is like the patented Cesaro meal. Yeah. Uh, I've been eating that for 10 plus years. And... I still love it. I had it this morning. So it's like, it's like, I just love my comfort food. John's like that too. He has his things that he just like, he doesn't deviate off of his, like, that's what he eats. Exactly. I mean, that's like more of a dude thing. That's why I got along so well with him because it's just like, yeah, that's what we do. And that's it. Oh, you know, totally. Yeah. Wrong with that. Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dum-dum like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. Okay, so what were some early gimmicks that were pitched to you that never made it into the ring? Like at WWE or in general? Anywhere, anywhere. Oh, um, well, so when I when I first started, I was, um, <laughs> you know, when you first started, you think like, oh, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to wear shorts, a sleeveless T-shirt and sunglasses. And it's gonna be cool. I was like the skinniest kid, you know, with like this, it's, it just, it was something. And then um, the next month they were like, hey, uh, we found you a tag team partner who I never met. Um, and we want you guys to be the Swiss bankers. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and we were like, screw it, let's do it. So uh, me and my tag partner back then became just the uh, Swiss money holding, um, which was uh, me, uh, AKA the most money-making man and him, the permanently profit producing partner. Um, so uh, <laughs> it was, it was amazing. So we just came out with suits and ties and uh, you know, little uh, money in the bank briefcases and uh, our catchphrase would you, we, we would just go everywhere and, Whatever the city had that was fancy, we just bought it. That was our promo. Every single city we went to, it was awesome. Um, so I was a Swiss money rolling for the longest time, for the first five years of my career. And then even when I came to the United States, um, and then uh, I just kind of deviated. Uh, we went to the Kings of Wrestling from there. I did that. And then um, when I came to WWE, it was pretty much, I did a bunch of stuff at FCW, but the rugby gimmick was next. 
oh, which yes. was pitched and done. Uh, we were like, oh, you play rugby. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and then the yodeling, yodeling came. Oh my came God, yeah. I forgot about that. Who How were you doing you the yodeling with? By myself. Didn't you have a manager me. at the time? Uh, no, I was like, I think it was right before me and Zepp and Swagger and when I became a real American. Um, then the real Americans and then uh, me and TJ and then me and then me and Seamus and then me and Shane. Yeah. So yeah, I pretty Jeez. much you saw all my gimmicks. Oh my God. Was there anything that they wanted to pitch to you that you never actually executed? No, uh, I mean, like, not that I can think of because uh, I'm pretty much of the mindset of like anything I get thrown at me, I'll just try to make it my best. Like, there was nothing that I was like, nope, not doing that. Like, because like even the yodeling, I was like, I, I, Again, like I was like, I cannot yodel. Like yodel is like an art, right? That's like I know going out there and playing the guitar, and you cannot play the guitar. So they're like, go out and yodel, right? And I'm like, you know, I can't yodel. They were like, oh, you'll be fine. I'm like, I was literally listening to yodel music for like four hours before I had to go out there and just like try to make a noise that somehow sounded similar. So if anybody listens to you know like that that actually yodels, I'm sorry. Well, you know, Lacey Evans can yodel, right? Yes, yes, she can, and she can do it much better. Um, but it was just one of those it was like, okay, make it work. You know, like whatever they throw at you, you make it work and you try to knock it out of the park because you never know what sticks. So here we are now, WrestleMania, just around the corner. You're having your first singles match. First singles match at WrestleMania. I'm oh very my excited. God. And we have people back. And people are going to be back. And like people this- are going to be back. It's huge. I feel like this is the thing that like, obviously you're going to be super psyched about it, but I feel like anyone that has been this like huge Cesaro fan from day one to where you're at now, it's like, it finally feels like you're being given the ball. Do you feel pressure going into this WrestleMania to like really take the reins here and show everyone why you're such a badass? Well, yeah. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I have that pressure every single day um, <laughs> because, you know, there's so, so many people that I feel support me and want me to do well. And, you know, like that I represent in my mind from all over the world. And this is my first WrestleMania that I have a singles match. So, of course, it's like the pressure zone because every like I want to make everybody proud. I want to show everybody that I deserve this. That I want to show everybody that uh, what they believe in can happen, that what they believe in is happening, that I am worth of their support, that I can actually do this. So, like, there's a lot of, lot of pressure. And I always build it up even more because I'm like, okay, I need to do this. And I'm always under the impression of like, okay, what can I do to get better? What can I do? Like, I'm never like, Oh, I'm freaking awesome. Like I was like, Oh no, I'm not that good. I need to do this to get better. So, um, there's a lot of, lot of pressure. And also like, um, you know, with the, with the whole thing with like Rollins, with the promos and stuff, it's like, you know, he was like, Oh, your potential. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I never, I'm not the one that's like telling everybody like I deserve it or this is my potential. Like, no, I just want to, I want to earn it. And I want to be there and prove everybody. So like the pressure is on immensely, but um, the trick with anything is do it with grace, right? To go out there and do it and hope for the best and just be true to yourself and make it the best you can. There's got to be a part of you that really wants to show Vince everything that you have. I mean, you look at conversation. I mean, shit, you go back to, to Vince talking with Austin and talking about you saying, you know, about you grabbing the brass ring and you having these moments, but I mean, you've had momentum slow down and then you pick it back up again. And now where you're at now to like really show to Vince, like, Hey, put the cart on this pony. We're ready to go. Well, that's the thing. It's like people are like, Oh, you had momentum before. And then it flounders. And then you have momentum before. And like, that's it. It gets harder and harder to build momentum, I feel. Um, but I also feel like I've been pretty good at building momentum out of nowhere or talking smack. Thank you, Renee. Um, so um, I always need to prove to somebody, even if it's me, that I can do it, you know. And of course, I want to, you know, like there's not just one person, like the the thing with Vince from the podcast that you said, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, of course, like I'm still here. We're like almost seven years later and I'm still here and I'm doing really well. And like, that's just 
um, speaks for itself. And again, that's one of those that I feel that actions speak louder than words because there's a lot of people that can come out the next day and go public or on Twitter or whatever and be like, well, uh, this and this and I am this and I'm that. And um, I said that, I don't know who I said it to, but it's like, that talking smack promo that I did that would not have worked five years ago, or I would have not have worked. It, it worked now because people see my body of work and they know what I say is not just what I believe in, but also what I live by and what I do every day. Like there's not a, there's a, I'm not the one that says like, I work really hard. I train every day. I do this. Like, no, they've seen me on TV and off TV for the last, you know, eight, nine years doing it all the time, every time. So I feel like actions do speak louder than words. And then if you actually say something, it just backs it up. But I was always under the impression that I don't want to be the one that's cheerleading myself. Like, that's just lame. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not that guy. I'm like, it's very, it's, it's very kind if other people say, it, but like, that's why I feel like there's so much pressure um, because so many people believe in me and I do not want to, let them down. I do not want to let my friends down who, who helped me. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people who either put in a good word about me or spoke nicely about me. Like you, like, I'm like, I don't want to let those people down. You know what I mean? So like, to don't me, let me down. I know. Right. So like, so like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, oh god, I let her down. No, I feel so bad. Um, <laughs> I'll be texting and be like, "What the I hell? Know, like, what you're the going hell, over?" Um, so, like, so, but, but to me, that that is legit something that I'm like, okay, um, I have a lot of people watching, and I feel like a lot of people that, that follow my career, and you know, like, believe. I'm like, I need to be there for them, but also like, it has to come from the heart, and that's all I can do, and that's what I do. How different does this year feel for you? I mean, you've had tag moments at Mania. You've won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Yeah. But now to be going and, and to have Seth be your opponent. How different does this all feel? So like looking back, I had some pretty cool Mania moments. You know, like I was uh, I won the first ever Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, uh, which is incredible. Uh, by the way, that's the plaque right there. Uh, oh, hell yeah. See? Yeah, there it is. Um <laughs> Uh, very proud of that. You know, it was a, at WrestleMania 30, big milestone. It was the first ever. It's Andre the Giant, who's European. I'm European. Uh, it's just, um, oh, by the way, so uh, there was an old promoter called Rene Lazatez who used to run Hanover. And um, he was the one that discovered Andre. And I know a lot of people say they discovered Andre, but I actually went to his house in Switzerland. He was like the only Swiss wrestler before, like that was huge. He promoted tournaments and stuff. Uh, and even he said he tried to bring wrestling to Switzerland and it just, nobody cares. Um, so, so, uh, you know, a lot of people say they discovered Andre. He showed, when I went to his house, he showed me pictures and photo albums of young Andre, like in his first match and stuff like that. So absolutely amazing. It came kind of like full circle. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, uh, I was there for the, for the Hardy return with, uh, with Hardy's Hardy's return with Seamus, which is huge because that's kind of how I grew up. And I watched, you know, Edge and Christian Hardy's and the Dudley's and, you know, all that stuff. Um, me and me and Seamus also wrestled, you know, like, uh, Braun and the kid, which is, <laughs> which is, which is unreal to look back at. Like, that's a cool moment. Um, this one is my first singles match and it's against, you know, Seth Rollins who had arguably one of the, you know, like best runs of WrestleManias in recent history. So, um, you know, just like that's another hurdle to overcome and uh, just a, a great, tremendous chance to prove my worth. And what about the chemistry between you and Seth in the ring? As many matches as we had, I think the last singles match is six, seven years ago. Whoa. Right? So like the last singles match has been a long time ago. So this is fresh, which makes me very happy because like it's a fresh matchup at WrestleMania. That's awesome. As a fan, I'm excited. Um, look at me. I'm so humble. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, like me and Seamus wrestled, you know, John and Seth so many times. Yeah. In tag team matches all around the world for a year straight. And so there is a lot of chemistry and it's almost like, um, I mean, we have matches that, that were amazing, uh, you know, when, when any of us was hurt, you know, because like you always like, tweak something or your back is hurt that day or whatever. And we always make it, made it work. We always had uh, great matches, but 
I'm very excited because it, it means a lot because Seth has also been there since I was in FCW. He was there at Ring of Honor. So it was like one of those that like it, the story goes back way more that, that people may know. So um, it, it is very cool on, uh, on, on a lot of different levels. I want to swing him out of that ugly suit he's wearing every week. <laughs> okay, so how many swings do we anticipate you're going to be able to get out of Seth? Because I feel like you're going to get the new like Suplex City bitch shirt, but like Swing City <laughs> bitches. <laughs> See, so so okay, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna. I was going to hold on to this for a bit, but since it's, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm on your podcast, I can drop some cool stuff. Uh, I had this idea the other day, you know, everybody makes like the fake, uh, they're like the number shirts, you know, but this actually fits and it's like, you know, Cesaro 360, I just swung your ass. Yes. Oh my God. Get it? It yes. actually works a hundred percent. So, um, yeah. That's brilliant. I want, I want, I want Cesaro 360 shirts um, and, and, and signs at WrestleMania. That would be awesome. Okay, so we got to get it started here. Let people know now that we're going to have fans in Tampa. They get to be there and get the Cesaro 360 signs. I think that would be fun and something, something fun. But like, yeah, with the swing, it's just, I mean, it came out of necessity. And this is something similar that uh, when I first started the swing. Actually, the first time I did the swing in WWE was in Canada. Ah. Um, yeah, it was in Toronto. Oh, huh, my look at people, that. my yeah, people. It was, it was in Toronto against Santino. And uh, how oh, Canadian, he's a good person how, to swing how, around. How, how Canadian is that? <laughs> yeah. And it just was one of those again where I was like, okay, I need to create some kind of momentum. And I did. And, um, you know, it, it's fun to see how many people enjoy the swing. And, um, you know, swing is in the air <laughs> everywhere you look around. <laughs> How many do you think is your 37. max? 37? Well, it's WrestleMania 37. So yeah. I'm going to put myself on the spot here by saying it needs to be at least 37, right? Damn. Okay. It's always it's always hard because, you know, tiredness and everything plays into it. So who knows? Who knows? Do, do it early in the match. Get it out of the way. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> swing as soon as I can. Who's been the hardest person to swing so far? Unassuming. I mean, obviously, if you've got like, you know, Kali, big show. I mean, like, you know, Kali uh, was the hardest one. Big show is impossible. Um, there's a bunch of people who are straight up impossible to swing. Uh, just by the way of like body composition and weight. Um you know, Who's like unassuming though that you wouldn't assume would be like difficult to swing, but just their center gravity is all wonky. Like people with like short legs, if that makes okay. sense. Like short legs and big, big midsections, you know, that's usually the hardest ones. I don't, like a I don't drumstick. Know. Like a drumstick. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> like a drumstick. But like the, the challenge is just get him going and then it's. Then it's off for the races. Then you got that momentum behind you. Exactly. Um, okay, so we talked to you kind of briefly touched about Seth and his hideous suits. Um, he's really leaning into these suits right now. Yes, and yeah. you know, bless his sweet little heart for um making some fashion risks. Um, what are you gonna do for WrestleMania gear? And are you going to sew it yourself? Do you still sew all your own gear? Uh no, no, no. Um, I have uh so you're capable of it. So all the tearaway suits I made myself pretty much. And I still make the ring jackets myself. And that doesn't mean like I don't sew them. Like I buy them and then I put the, the lettering and all that stuff on it. Um, so um, WrestleMania gear, I already ordered. Uh, so I'm not making the gear. Um, but I will be doing like the lettering and the designs and the layouts of stuff. So there's definitely stuff that I made going into it. Yeah, I'm going to go for a little bit of a layered look this this year. Um, I'm always trying something different. And I always feel a lot of people go um, way over the top of mania. And uh, I'm always trying to do a little little classy, you know, a little. You're a classy different. guy. So, um, oh, thank you. That's what I, that's what I try. So um, it should be interesting. It should be fun. All right. Well, I, I look forward to seeing what you're going to put together then. Oh, I can't you. wait. So I can't much. wait to see what it's going to be. <laughs> um, so it's, it's been very public, obviously that, that you have re-signed with WWE. Um, but it? I also think that it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been on like, I saw it on the internet anyway. Oh, I, mean, right, I, guess, okay, yeah. I saw on it the on the internet. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. um, but I also, while reading that saw contrary to the fact that at one point during the pandemic, just like the lack of having fans there, how much that really affected you and made you really kind of reconsider what you were doing for a little bit. hundred percent. That's the worst part. And like the reason why I kept going was it is, it is really hard without fans because to me, 
that's such an integral part of what we do. It's kind of uh, the sixth man or the twelfth man or however, whatever sport you're playing, however many players it needs, <laughs> add one. Um, the extra. <laughs> the the yeah. extra. But it's, it's really, it adds so much and it's such a big part of what we do. And to take that all away, it just kind of, and to me, um, the live events was always like a lot of the fun where you can try new stuff and fail again. Um, I'm a big fan of failing because that's how you learn. Uh, so you can try that. You can, you can have fun. You can do different stuff and then you do TV, which is completely different. Right. And now that's, that's all we do and there's no fans. So it became really hard, but on the other hand, there's a lot of people who want to be entertained and are fans. And for that, you just, you go through it and you make it as good as you can. And I feel like that's what all of us try. And that's what I try is like, okay, uh, let's provide a little bit of escapism and a little bit of fun every week that we can. However, we can do that. Uh, when it was me and Shin, we had a lot of fun doing uh, different promos and different stuff like that with uh, Shinsuke being Shinsuke, which is, by the way, Shin is the coolest person I know. He Period. truly is. He's one of those people that like you just want to be best friends with. He's literally the guy you'd be like, if you'd be at school, or whatever you just see him be like i want to be like that guy like whatever you want to get wearing, that shinsuke rub yeah like whatever he's wearing like oh man i wish i could pull that off it looks so cool then you would go out and buy the same thing and you put it on you're just like oh i look no i can't do that and nobody can just pull off like a flared wrestling trouser but he does it with effortless Coolness. And then any anytime I see him at the airport or at a coffee shop, and we literally see each other randomly at weird coffee shops all the time. And it was like even before we teamed, and it was just like he's the coolest person. He's just and he comes out like you said, like with his whole flared look and all his mannerisms. It's effortless, dude. It's so cool, and you just be there and like watch him. It's just it's awesome. And uh, as hard as it is was for me to like get through this whole thing with no fans. Like there's obviously people have it way harder Then you kind of like think back of like, okay, uh, how about I just shut up and do it because it's fun and let's make the best out of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Every time I think like, oh man, this is no fun. I wish I had this. I'm like, just take a step back. And like, there's people who have it worse and they making it work and they smile and they have a good day. So what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, so- Give your head a shake. Yeah, that's what I uh, I look in the mirror. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Just smile and be happy. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over under, and it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash over under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at fanduel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See fanduel.com for terms and conditions. Are you trying to start a clothing line? Is this a thing? I'm trying. I try, uh, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, share the love. And uh, it, it's a process, as anything is. So um, we're making making baby steps, but hopefully in the right direction. Who are you working with on this? Uh, well, I'm. Uh, you don't want to say. Uh, well, well. So um, you know, uh, the same as the bar track suits that came from Chalkline. So we kind of um, oh, talk to some people there. Amazing. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can make it work because. Um, I owe a lot to wrestling and I feel like I, I met a lot of cool people through wrestling. And a lot of times these days, people are just trying to find the stuff that makes us different. And I would like to focus on the stuff that brings us together. And one of those things is wrestling because I, you know, there's a lot of people who uh, 
have a lot of different opinions on a lot of different topics, but they all love wrestling. And that's why we are here. And that's why I'm talking to you. And that's why I get to know you. And, you know, yeah. like, it's just so many things that are connected to it. And I'm like, why don't we focus on that? And that's kind of the message and that's the the thought behind it. And like those guys, they love it as well. I mean, like they're, they're huge fans and they have an awesome collection of different um, products. And it's like, yeah, why, why don't we focus on that and be happy and spread some positivity. And that's, that's, that's the goal behind it. Yeah. I love that. Um, your personal life. I know you don't want to talk about it and that's okay, but why, or what's like the decision that goes behind like making sure to keep your private life in your uh, public life so separate. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Uh, I realized that lately or over the last many years. Uh, and there's a saying in there and it's probably not from those movies, but that's the most recent time I heard it. Um, and it's a, a piece of advice that uh, Tony Stark's dad gave him. And there's like no amount of money ever bought a second of time. And I feel like that's very fitting even in like, our lives and like last year it's like everybody was home more yes but you also realized you have a lot more time with uh, you know the people you spend time with at home and when we were on the road you know five or six days a week like we just wanted to be home sometimes but no amount of money that you make can buy you time at home for example like you know with like um, Brody passing like we sat together on the trip to Saudi Arabia and we just had a blast. And it was like one of those where like, um, that was a little bit before he left. So he was kind of like antsy and I was just like, Oh no, this is great. And like, it was just, we had these great talks and great conversations that I will forever cherish. And you don't realize it until after, you know, like something terrible happens that like what amount of money you would pay to get a second back, you know? the two things that you'll never get back is time and or privacy. So to me, that was also like, it maybe comes back to the Swiss thing that we talked about earlier. Like that's, that's, that's just private. Like you don't talk about certain things and you know, I chose this profession that puts me in the public light. None of the people I share my life with, you know, be that family or friends, whatever, like they didn't choose that. So you know, for them to get harassed or whatever, like you see it online or whatever. It's just like, they didn't sign up for that. So what's private is private. There also needs to be that air of mystery, right? John is like the master of that. I feel like. He's very good at it. Yes. There's there's just something about that, that I feel like um, that's something important. And especially nowadays with people just giving away everything of their private life and sharing it. And like certain things that are none of my business and, People don't need to hear my opinion on it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, but like everybody nowadays is so quick of like, well, I think this, I'm like, yeah, well, let me, let me, let me, let me do research. Let me think, let me, let me, you know, form an, form an opinion. Like when people, I got asked that the other day in an interview about, um, you know, like if I think fans should be back or whatever. And I'm like, that's, that's not up to me. There's people that, yeah. that are doctors and have degrees that, they have to make those decisions, you know, like, so if you ask me about professional wrestling, I tell you, and I would like to think my opinion has some weight because I know what I'm talking about. But if it comes to other yeah, parts, you're an expert. I'm not an expert on that. So um, that's, I feel like a lot of people, maybe, you know, there's certain things that they never get back in privacy. I feel like is one of them. Absolutely. A lot of integrity here with Cesaro. That is one of the key things, right? Like integrity. Like yeah. that's why I said earlier, it's like, you need to make your actions matter because if your actions don't match your words, like there's a lot of people that talk a lot. If your actions don't meet your words, I would rather have people be like, like leading by example, instead of telling people what to do. I was never the guy that was like going up to people after matches or like pulls them aside and be like, Hey, uh, you need to like, I no, I do it a certain way. And if you, if you respect me and you like what I do, you will hopefully do that as well. But other than that, like, who am I, you know? You kind of just like stay in your own lane and people can either take what they want from it or not either way. Um, what do you want to do after wrestling? What does post wrestling Cesaro life look like? Ooh, I don't know. That is a really, really hard question. Um, 
I want to write a cookbook and then I'm mm. starting a podcast. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Somebody hey, already did you that. You stay in your oh, lane. Wait, I'll stay in my that. lane. Um, do, you have any other, <laughs> do you have any other projects in the pipeline that I need to know about? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a baby happening. Uh, That's the thing. That. But um, so, <laughs> to me. You'd be Mr. Mom. <laughs> um, I feel like once I'm thinking actively of like, okay, what I want to do after wrestling, it's time to quit, kind of. Because um, wrestling still is what I love and it's still my main focus. And my goal was obviously WrestleMania, like as it always is. And then it's like already like, okay, after WrestleMania, you know? So yes, I do have stuff that I would like to do, but I can't tell you. After I'm done with wrestling, I'm starting this. You know, it's like, okay, like I do a little coffee thing on the side, which is fun. Um, we talked about the the love wrestling thing that I would like to do. Um, I have a lot of fun with the up, up, down, down crew doing like Uno and creating content, not just with video games, but like fun other stuff. But that's, again, that falls to me almost under what we do with wrestling, right? But wrestling still is my main focus and what I'll do after we will all find out together and I'll, um, I'll make a promise right now. Uh, once I find that out and once that happens, I'll be right here talking to you guys about it. You get the exclusive scoop on that. Perfect. But I feel like you've been doing that lately, you know, with, a, with a lot of other people when they, you know, um, make their next career move. Trying right to? And like, I'm, I'm, I like to get the scoop. But that's great because it shows that like you love what you do and you're really good at it. Seriously, thank you. Uh, I, I always wish that you would have done more commentary um, because all rains off, you can do your own commentary. It was so different and so refreshing, and that's what it needs. It's it's hard because it's like I mean there were there were times that I loved doing it, but yeah, I mean I'm sure you can attest to this even you know from what you're doing in the ring, but it's like all of a sudden you're getting a million different people giving you a million different opinions. And then you start to get in your head and then you start to wobble a little bit that you're like, Oh my God, how do I get my cart back on the tracks and just get back to doing the thing that I do. And it's hard. I mean, even though you have, you know, I had three hours of live TV every week that some days you'd be like, okay, I feel like that was a great show. And I loved doing that. And then the next week I'm like, get me out of here. I hated that. It's hard. I'm my worst critic. And I'm sure you, you're similar. It's like, so it's like, I can literally do something and everybody's like, oh, that was great. I'm like, oh no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that one little thing. And then I'm like, um, and like, so if I watch matches back that are recent, because I know every single thing I thought during that time and that went into it and it's very fresh in my mind. I'm just like, oh God. And then I watched something back from like a year ago or two years. I'm like, <laughs> look at me back then. You know, that's where I was at. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. I was I'm crushing like, it. Where's that guy? Um, <laughs> but, but to me, it's just, that's part of the process. Like you never want to be stagnant. You always want to get better. And I feel like, that's my mindset. You know, you always want to, you always, I always want to crush it. I always used to get stressed calling your matches because I would always go to call you Claudio. Oh, all the time. Somebody, uh, somebody did it the other all day. The time. And I think it's, I think it's awesome. I would do it to you and I would do it to Tamina. I would call her Serona. I oh. called her Serona on commentary more than once. I remember going to the back and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> It just happened. I was like, oh my God. Well, but yeah, like, you know, everybody it's, it's has bad. like their real name, their gimmick name, their nickname, their whatever. Like to me, people still call me Tony because from Antonio. And it's like yeah. so yeah. many things. Well, listen, thanks so much for hanging out with me. It was a blast having you on the show just to get to like hang out with you, hear more of your story, learn more about you. But dude, you're going to absolutely crush it at WrestleMania. You've got everybody in your corner backing you up. We can't wait to see what you're going to do. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was great to catch up. And um, yeah, like I'm super excited about WrestleMania. I feel like you were like made for this moment to happen when it's happening. It's like, you know, you have the ups and the downs and the momentum and the fan base so firmly behind you that like, I feel like you're just in this really cool spot to take this opportunity and make it your bitch. Thank you. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> That's why you were on commentary and I was in the ring. I couldn't have said that on commentary, but I can say it here. <laughs> 
Well, best of luck. Well, uh, well, are you guys Saturday or Sunday? We're going to be Saturday. Yeah, definitely watch Saturday, uh, April 10th and 11th, only on Peacock. And uh, now we got the official plug as well, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah, um, April 10th. I'm very excited. Very excited. Tropicana Field back in Tampa, too, which is where FCW was. So, um it's going to be good, you know, and even, you know, like I know the, I know the Tampa area, you know, they, they can be thunderstorms and stuff. So, uh, I may, may as well be uh, swinging in the rain. Oh my God. Of course he had <laughs> See, to close it out. With one. <laughs> um, and guys listening to this, remember to uh, make your Cesaro 360 signs. Yes. Awesome. Thanks so much, dude. Thank you so much. shout out to Cesaro for joining me here. It's very hard for me to keep calling him Cesaro. I always just call him Claudio, as I said in the interview. But um, what a gem of a human being. We could have chatted forever, cranking out all of those dad jokes. I had more written down, by the way. Just, you know, I needed to get to the meat and potatoes of the interview. We only have so much time. Everyone's busy. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoyed this. If you listened to the intro and heard, we're doing all things WrestleMania this week. Rhea Ripley is going to be my guest on Thursday this week. And then Emilio and I are going to be recapping WrestleMania for both Saturday and Sunday. But that episode will drop on Monday instead of our regular Tuesday time slot. So make sure you check that out. But if you're, you know, if you're on iTunes, if you're on Spotify, wherever you happen to be, make sure that you're subscribing to Oral Sessions and you'll know when all these episodes drop. And leave us a little comment, a little note, a little rating. Love that. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Renee Paquette. You can follow the volume at the volume sports, both on Twitter and Instagram. Um, like I said, you can check out Emilio's podcast, Russell rap. Um, check that out. And then the YouTube channel guys, we're almost at 80,000 subscribers. Maybe by the time this comes out, we're going to be there because I've got a mukbang video for you. I have tried Del Taco for the very first time and it's fucking glorious. Uh, but we will drop that once we hit 80,000 on YouTube. So just search my name, Renee Paquette, in the old YouTuber. You will find it on there. And more content will be coming your way. I will see you guys on Thursday by C, I mean, projecting into the abyss. Enjoy WrestleMania week, y'all. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, please send me any food ideas you guys have for, like, potential WrestleMania-themed meals that I could cook on Saturday and Sunday on my Instagram. Bye-bye.